My Biggest Sales Enablement Mistake, a podcast by Eva Enable. Welcome to another episode of My Biggest Sales Enablement Mistake podcast, where we share common mistakes and experiences from a variety of guests so others can learn from them. Today, or this is going to be a long one, guys. So today I'm joined by an enablement hero. Right. He was voted SEC One to Watch in 2023. He's an ambassador for enablement for SEC. He's the host of the Enablement Evolved podcast. And as if that wasn't enough, he's the GTM enablement and productivity lead for staff base. Two interesting facts I also happen to know. One, he's an NLP master practitioner. So I feel like I'm going to be talked into doing something that, that, that uh, like, like being hypnotized. But the second one is possibly the most interesting thing I know, and that is that his go-to chocolate is Whisper Gold. Now, this has caused a lot of debate amongst groups I've been in with, uh, with Kieran, and if you could see my face right now, um, you'd understand why. Welcome, Kieran. Well, what an introduction that was. Thanks, <laughs> Thanks a lot. Um, yeah, that was, that was probably the best intro I've ever had. Um, <laughs> well, look, if I, if I haven't captured it all, tell a little bit more about you. Yeah, no, I think I think you have. I mean, I don't want to I don't want to spoil the illusion. Now you've told that. To me. <laughs> um, I think, uh, yeah, I, I suppose to 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 give the the sort of the CV version, uh, I I made the very conscious choice to move over to enablement a few years ago from being in sales leadership, and I think that the reason I mention that is that informs quite quite a lot of what I do as an enablement person. Yeah, I would um, think so. So. Yeah, I I joined, started enabling as an IC, just focused on AEs, again, based on my background, very quickly moved into sort of leadership, moved over to staff base. And yeah, I have a have quite a long title and list of responsibilities. So I'm the go-to-market enablement and productivity lead for EMEA and APAC. I also look after partner enablement globally. And <clears throat> more relevant to this conversation, I am also res- globally responsible for enablement, measurability and impact. So... Um, Ooh. Yeah, it's quite, quite a <laughs> This is why we don't have business cards anymore. I need, I, need, I need one of those photo books at this point. Well, that's that's pretty um, that's pretty relevant actually to the to the topic we're going to be talking about today. Uh, and I love the fact that you've got the perspectives of both being um, sales leadership, sales, and then the move into enablement because I think that's going to add a really interesting perspective. So today we're going to be digging into the topic that I think. And from everything that I'm looking at in the in the market today, um, is at the forefront of every enabler's mind right now, and that is the mistake of not being able to tie enablement to revenue goals. So, Kieran, I'm going to open with a big question: um, Why? So, what? Why do enablers need to make that connection? That is the question, right? The question. That is the question, and I and I think it. Yeah, we we've seen even in I, the short time in comparison to to some of the other people I've spoken to, um, <clears throat> in recent months, the short time I've been in enablement, I've seen a massive swing from tick box stroke tactical enablement to being more strategic, and I think people are still from the. I I speak to lots of enablers a lot of the time. Um, I'm pr- I try to be quite active with, with getting ideas and stuff like that. And I think people are still struggling with the move to strategic and the move to quantify an impact and the move to um, tying it to revenue. 
Um, and it's, it's it's kind of how I thought, but I didn't always think that way. I had a very interesting conversation probably about two years ago with uh, your friend of mine, Kunal Panja, that made the penny mm-hmm. drop from me. Um, and why is it important, before I jump into that story, is um, I see, as do most lots of people, I see enablement as a strategic partner or a strategic internal consultant. We're kind of like the glue. Uh, and if you want to be seen as strategic as anything, you have to you have to solve business problems. You have mm-hmm. to help people and businesses and departments go towards the North Star. Now, for any business, and, and yes, we're now calling it revenue enablement or go-to-market enablement, but at the end of the day, what is the overall, the overall underwriting job is to make more money or to make more revenue, whether yeah. that's through new business sales, whether that's through net retention or upsells or whatever it is, whichever part of the, the go-to-market function you fall within, it's all about revenue. So if, if you work backwards from there, from that North Star, um, then for me, everything you sh- you do as an enablement team should enable sales performance or enable revenue performance. Yeah, uh, So that's my way of sort of quantifying it. So I think, yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think I, I think I put something on uh, on LinkedIn the other day, actually, which I think that enablement is a value multiplier, right? I genuinely do that, but it is only a valuable multiplier if it multiplies value, which sounds ridiculous, right? Because they are all one and the same thing, but mm-hmm. it's true. If they don't hit that number, if it doesn't impact that, if it can't be connected to that, then they are not a value multiplier. And in some dreadful cases, and I'd love your take on this as to, you know, they're seen as a blocker. You know, when you were a sales rep, when you were a sales leader, you know, and you've had people saying, do this training, do this tick box exercise. I've got to get you through this certification. And you're just thinking, oh, balls, that's not helping with my job. It's taking me away from my job. And that is, is damaging, right? And it's not a value multiplier. It's it starts being like the legal team or the finance team, you know, computer says no type, yeah, yeah. type blocker, right? Yeah, yeah, and I, I think that's where enablement becomes that bit of a Rubik's cube type puzzle to solve, right? Is one of the biggest bits of feedback that lots of enablers get, and I've had it in my career, is too much enablement or it's not relevant. And where does that come from? It comes it comes from the fact that maybe you're going on gut feeling with what why we need to do this, or maybe maybe it's not even your gut feeling as enablement. Maybe it's the gut feeling of a sales leader who you trust. But again, there's no data backing it up. There's no benchmarking. There's no way forward. You know, there's no timeline. Um, and I know that some people don't like, again, enablement's a little bit like sales. It is, it's, or it's becoming that way where it is an art and a science. Mm-hmm. Like the art is the execution and getting the engagement and, you know, breakout rooms and, you know, having empowering the, the reps to do better. But the, the, the science part of it is kind of where it's got to start, right? Like one of my favorite questions to ask is, you know, wh- what's the benchmark on this? You know, when mm-hmm. someone um someone comes to me and says, I think we need to work on this, like based on what? Yeah. Right. Like what what is it what are you measuring it? Whether that be like, oh, CSQL conversion or SQL conversion, or we need to work on objection handling based on what? Yeah. Right. And if you want to work on it, where is it now? Where do you want it to go and in what time frame? And what I've found is when you when you have those conversations with leaders, quite often they don't have the answer. But the, 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 it doesn't mean that there's no truth or there's no validity in the, the request. It's just about peeling back the layers and, and actually doing the discovery or scoping out the project. 
I love that you just said doing the discovery there because I was thinking I literally just wrote down like it sounds like good discovery in fact it sounds like dare I say it the M of MedPick almost it's like what are the metrics that you're doing so that you can build a case um, that you're actually gonna you know you're gonna you're gonna make the difference so no I love that I love that that link back to doing good discovery Um, and that and I always um, think back to you know the five whys principle Yes. If you keep going, why? Yeah, but why is that happening? Why is that happening? Because otherwise you're solving the wrong problem. Yes. You're not solving the right problem and therefore you're not impacting the revenue in the right place in the earliest indicator of where the challenge lies. So yeah, yeah no, I love that. I love that question. You mentioned um, you mentioned a story that the, the penny dropped for you <laughs> yeah. uh, when you were speaking to our, our, our good friend, Canal. Yes, so I was, ha- I was, I was essentially I was burning out at my last job um, there was just as with lots of companies at that time, there was lots of shifting, lots of changing, reorgs, you know, going up market, changing things, um, and we were pretty reactive. To be fair, a lot of the time, and we actually started as more strategic, but due to all the change and then our team change and stuff like that, we became really reactive. I was speaking to Canal because, like, I, I first met Canal back in I think it was twenty twenty one. I think um, when he did with his sales velocity. Um, equation presentation at the sales enablement summit and I I thought perfect that's exactly how I thought as a sales leader and you've just quantified how I can take that and enable it right and and where to look so but so we started off the 2022 working that way but towards the end we were being super reactive um and I reached out to him and I was like how do I get out of this and he was like so tell me what you're doing now I said I'm doing this and I'm doing that and I'm doing this he said and I said I'm working so hard and he went so yeah. <laughs> and yeah. he was like, but what did what, when you he said everybody works hard? And I was like, Yeah. I said, but I'm working really hard. And he was like, <laughs> he said, listen, mate, it doesn't matter. Right. He said, What you what impact are you making? And I was like, shit. Right. No, no, like I because then I actually took a step back or like a metaphorical step back on the on the call. And I was like, I am making impact. I just have not joined the dots of it. Right, yeah. and I was working on this, and I was working on that, and I was doing a little bit of this, and I was doing a little bit, of, but because we were so reactive, and it just took someone to go, so what, right? And, I, and that's now one of my favorite questions, right? Like is it my, my two favorite questions in there is so what and says who, right? Is, <laughs> well, we did it like somebody said, we did a really good session. Says who? Says the enablement team, or says the metric, right? Or says the improvement, or says the competency, you know, uplift, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And so what? Like, oh yeah, we need to, you know, like that's that's just it, it's a very throwaway or very obtuse or facetious ways of doing it. But essentially, it boils down to that's your quantifier. Says who and so what? So when he said it to me, and he kind of went, everybody says they work hard. I was like, yeah, you're right, mate. And I, I don't get wrong, I was working every hour, God sent, but again, yeah. it was just focused in the wrong places it's and that I, difference I, between working hard and working smart isn't it it's like the prioritization that well, are you working on the things that are going to have the biggest difference yeah. are you working on the things that are going to help wherever the the emergency is or wherever the future you know solve is is going to be yeah, yeah. And, but it allowed me to start to restart that discovery process because as i say we got stuck in the eye of the storm a little bit or the storm in the teacup as it was essentially around just saying yes and then mm-hmm actually not going but but you said this was a priority and now you're saying this is a priority and they got other both priorities also what well, doesn't work like that we've now got 15 priorities and that's an oxymoron right like there's no such thing it's yeah. 15, 15 priorities so again it allowed me to sort of address the balance a little bit and then 
from there, just get deeper into the impact and the competencies and tying it to revenue performance. Um, and all it took was that, because as I say, I identify with that way of thinking. I identify, I think one of my, my biggest strength and my, probably my kryptonite at the same time is my experience as a salesperson and a sales leader. Yeah. It's, it's a strength because I know, I, I've had, I've been up to head of VP of sales. So I've sat in pretty much every seat in the sales org, never been CRO, but I've been involved in lots of those conversations. I've been bold facing. So I know how to have those conversations. But then the reason I say it's my kryptonite is sometimes I know the answer, right? And I'm so, and like, rather than trying to debate it, I'll be like, no, no, we should do this. But now I work in enablement, so it's slightly different. So again, it's, it goes back to sort of influencing internally and having that political side. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I think that was like the start back down a, a journey that yeah. I'm enjoying, going back to the strategy and the impact and being seen internally as a strategic partner for sales or for revenue. So I think, I mean, I think there's something that everybody will resonate with right there. I'm going to loop back a little bit. You talked about, you, you know, you suddenly got 15 priorities. You're being told, you, you know, you've got a sales leader coming to you and saying, my team um, needs to be able to, I don't know, write better proposals. My team needs to be able to demo the platform better. My team needs, and then you've got the teams and the sales rep themselves, and then you've got the CRO going. I think maybe we should get everybody blankets through a new uh, yeah. certification program on how to demo our platform. You know, yeah. we're going to send everybody on an external course on how to get more problems. So you, you're in and, and then and then somebody comes and says, I think we need to read design our onboarding program and you're like holy okay so i'm sat here being bombarded i've got that image of the little cartoon dog sitting there with all these fires burning around him and saying everything's fine Mm -hmm. um but you've got all that going on and you're thinking you and they're all they're listening right now and they're thinking i get it i i absolutely agree with everything you're saying how do they make that leap where do they start being able to go no or so what says who or, you know, how do they how do they make that first leap into transitioning from tactical to strategic? Well, see, I think this is the big misnomer that's currently around it. You're either one or the other. You have to be both. You have to be both. Right. You have to think strategically, but act tactically. Right. And I, I have a, a, a visual in my head of like a pyramid and an inverted pyramid. Right. So you have the pyramid at the top. That's a North Star. Right. So for me, that's the revenue. Okay, so what do we want from the revenue? We want to go from 10 million to 20 million. Okay, so that's an X percentage growth. Okay, so break that down. Are we, you know, what's the timeline over the quarter? So for me, you, you start at the North Star, right? And you work backwards to plan from there. So you go from there to what metrics do we need to move or levers if you go um, sales and uh, sales velocity equation which levers are we going to pull in which quarters so we'll go why because that will take us to there so then from there that breaks us down so what which methodology are you using right if you don't have one cool you can miss out this step i, I would suggest trying to get one personally but yeah. if you don't have one but again if sorry if you do have one which parts which which buying stages are we in where are we losing deals where are we doing that so then from there you then drop down to okay what behaviors what you know what what so then we get to the enablement part, right? But the thing is, you have to, as enablement, you have to have been part of the conversations from the top of the pyramid, yeah. right? So then you get to that next part. So now we have the enablement sessions, right? So they're all going to, in Q1, they're going to be based on pulling, moving this lever or this metric. So then we've got, what are the specific behaviours and competencies that will uh, uh, that will link to changing that behaviour and affecting, stroke impacting that metric? And then you yeah. do that across the course of the year. And then for me, 
The bottom of that is the data. So you've got to, again, you've got to have the timeline, you've got to have the benchmark, you've got to have the timeline, you've got to do that. But then, so that's that's the that's the, the strategic thinking. But then if you then invert that pyramid as the enablement team, you then have to plan out those sessions. You need to have the competencies. You have to, you have to plan your sessions. How are you going to do them? If this is an entirely new skill, what's the cognitive load? right, for their skill, how quickly do you expect them to take it on? So then you have to get really tactical and then you move up. So right, if I if we focus on this competency over this period of time to influence or impact this metric, this metric will, will then improve or, or through this part of the um, the sales methodology, which will then in turn go to this, we're pulling this lever, which should increase X, Y, Z amount on the revenue in Q1. So again, you have the pyramid and then you have the inverted pyramid. And as if, it, you know, I, I, I'm a leader in my company, so I think strategically and help plan strategically, but my team have to work tactically. Now, they're still involved in that conversation. Because that's where they're influencing. That's, exactly. that's the bit they're influencing. And I think that's exactly. I think that's the fundamental thing, that that connectivity between tactical and strategic is actually the missing link, isn't it? It's, it's the bit that says, if I do this now, that's going to go through those layers, through up through that pyramid, and it's going to deliver that ultimate goal. Right. But the other thing I think that um, and I'm interested in your take on this, that I think people forget to do is continually analyze that. It's yeah. not a right. We're in Q4. Let's uh, let's stop planning for next year. And then, uh, you know, we'll see where we are in a year's time or in a quarter's time. Yeah. I think the beauty of making those connections is the ability to continually go, is it working? Yes. Are we are we all right with this? Is it having the desired effect on the earliest indicators we were expecting? Um, if it's not we've got time to do something about it rather than waiting till the end of that program and thinking, oh shit, yeah. <laughs> we're back to square one and we just wasted an entire quarter or an entire six months or, an, you know, or worst case scenario, a hundred thousand pounds on an external, you know, training organization and it's not done what we wanted. So, you know, that ability to keep, once you've mapped that out, to keep going back and, and reviewing it is, is so important, isn't it? Yeah, I, do, I just, again, other than benchmarking, which I think is the number one thing mm. that people don't do, like enabling people we don't do, right? We're like, oh, we want to improve this, but they don't have the metric around it. But also, I think, as I said, from the benchmark and the target, that almost defines your timeline, right? Yeah. Yeah. So if you went, oh, I want to fix this in a month, when you had this, that, but if you want a 50% improvement, you're going to go, well, a month's not long enough. Right, yeah. so for me, you start with a benchmark and a target improvement, and that can be two percent, but you still need to look at that timeline. And then, if that timeline's a quarter, why would you not look at it month over month? Yeah, exactly. Why would you again? So then it goes back to your changing of behaviors. If you choose, if you want to change this behavior and this and, and impact this competency, which will then um, look at the execution within this buying stage, within this um, part of the sales methodology, which will then impact this metric or this lever. Like you wouldn't just do that once, right? Or you, in my opinion, I'm not a big fan of the word should, shouldn't, but you shouldn't do it once, right? That's a, that's a series of enablement. It's a series of programs. It's a, or you have a programmatic mentality where you do, you focus on layering or chunking or whatever, whatever your phraseology is so that you can, you know, and my big thing is we go from knowing to understanding to being an expert, right? And that yeah. you don't do that in one session. It's impossible. Yeah. And then, but you've also got to check the metric, right? So again, if you're doing it, you've got to have a, um, almost like a, a, a an impact in a, a review and resource in session with your team and go, okay, so we want it, 
are we tracking towards this 10% improvement on the quarter? No. Okay, let's go back. Let's analyze where are we doing it? Have we have we got gong trackers? Are we, you know, are we are we still are we seeing the same close loss reasons in the same stages? You've got to do that, right? Because otherwise you're you're actually you're not working strategically then, right? You go back to just doing a session and moving on and doing a session and moving on. And that just and, oh, yeah. that doesn't work. It doesn't work. It's never worked, right? It doesn't and, work. And then it, it becomes a tick box exercise, doesn't it? Of I've done the job, not I've made the impact. Yeah, I've not right. enabled performance, right? Yeah. I've, not, I've not influenced or impacted performance. And that is the, again, it sounds very condescending at times. And what is sales enablement? It's enablement of sales performance or revenue performance, right? And it's not just doing a session on a topic, right? That's yeah. not it. You, and yeah. again, I always ask people on my team, like, step out into your, even if you something you want to learn, right? Like, it's the same as my, my silly analogy for it. So I say to people, like, what do you think is better? going to the gym one day for nine hours or nine days for one hour. And everyone will say nine days for one hour. Cool. Then that's the difference between doing a one-off session and doing a program, right? And I'll be honest with you. I just was saying no gym for no hours. <laughs> <laughs> just a wish for gold for me, thanks. That's a life choice. Because <laughs> 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 I'm rubbish at exercise. No, I, 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 but I would. Repeatable, repeatable patterns of behavior create long-term change, not a big splurge of course yeah um and, and I management training a lot right where it's like right we're going to send the managers away for three days and they come back and they're full of ideas but then three i love your version of that what happens the tuesday or the monday after training yeah. right yeah. That, like, i i use that now because i think it's so apt because i've as i say i've been part of like manage i've been one of the only managers probably to be through management training when i was a, when i was a sales leader and for the first three days you're full of the joys of spring and you want oh, it's just it, i'm but... using all this new stuff and i'm applying it to my team and they're all like oh well kate's been on a management course I know, it? <laughs> <laughs> but then it fades quickly right because there's no reinforcement Very. for you there's no and also you don't you get no it's new for your team as well right so they might be pushing back especially for like enablement and they're like oh we don't need this or i know this but you've got to teach them something and you but you've got to get that feedback and you've got to rinse and repeat anything is feedback it could be positive negative or neutral it, there's always truth in it right it's never as good as the good feedback and it's never as bad as the bad feedback but you've got to be able to look at themes right and the thing is if you've got that pointing towards a metric in terms of like for example where we're working right now we have for q4 um we have one metric that we are trying to move per role one for sdrs one for AEs. and why where did we get that metric from we got it from the business problems not a team problem we got it from the business problems for example it could be uh, for SDRs, it's from SQL to SCO, right? So what have we done for that? Is we've gone, okay, we need better qualification. With better qualification, what does that mean? So for us, we use the SPICE methodology, so we're going to focus on SPI, situation, pain, and impact. So what does that mean in terms of competencies? Okay, which stages do we see that, and how do we do that? Okay, now we have a Q4 plan based specifically on SPI, in a, in, a, in a cold call and a qualification call we've got a quarter to move it this is the benchmark of the the conversion rate right now this is where we want it to be and that is the entire focus for this and we know that if we get better qualification that then feeds into what we have and we know that our closed loss rate is xyz in this stage for ae so this is what we're going to work on so it's it doesn't it doesn't actually need to be 50 different competencies and 400 different metrics it, no it shouldn't be start yeah. with one right just start with one yeah. Yeah, I couldn't agree with that more. Don't don't try and work on too many things because the wheels will fall off, right? One one or two, 
max out three and that goes for an organization and an individual try and change everything at the same time and it it, it just becomes chaos yeah something i i, I I'm, I'm gonna wrap up shortly but something that i just want to unpack as well is there's lots of talk around kind of like the, the, the almost the pr of enablement the roi of enablement and what i've loved today is that you've not really talked about that you've talked about the fact that it starts right at the beginning which you know i fundamentally believe which is the outcome, it's coaching 101, right? The outcome will take care of itself if you focus on the inputs and you focus on the things that you should be doing. Um, and therefore the ROI of enablement is a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yep. If, you're, if you're understanding and impacting the gaps today that are going to move the needle tomorrow. Um, and and I, you know, I think the whole session and the conversation today has been fantastic around that. Um, a couple of things that I'm gonna, I'm gonna wrap up sure. that I've written down. Um, that I think everybody should take away. Um, the tactical to strategic, that 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 picture, and I've, I've literally drawn it on my pad of two pyramids, one inverted. And the notion that, and, and I'll be fair, I've never sort of framed it in this way before, but that you have to be both strategic and tactical. Think strategically, act tactically is a is a brilliant way of, of people formulating their plans on those um, those two two sort of pyramids and, and I love it. I think it's brilliant. I'm going to steal it. Sorry. Um, second thing I love, which, you know, perhaps not everybody is able to articulate it quite in quite such a short, succinct way, Kieran, because um, you, you put it beautifully. There's so what says who qualification questions. And that's it. They're discovering qualification questions, aren't they? You've come to me with a problem. I'm going to qualify whether something it's something I can actually do and what we do about it. And I think that's wonderful. Um, I put multiple exclamation marks um, against the word benchmarking. If people <laughs> yeah. out there do one thing tomorrow, it's at the very least create a measure before you do anything. Where are you today? What benchmark, what metric are you looking to, to solve? And let's actually just look at that one thing as a benchmark. That, I think, again, a really simple place for people to start. Um, and, and the other bit I felt, um, I've written Rubik's Cube puzzle um, and I've written not relevant and gut feel as, as a kind of flow of we do need to move away from this feeling that everyone has is I, if I feel it in my gut that we should do this and that's great it might be that you've got a great gut feeling but prove it out with metrics prove it out and you'll win the hearts and minds of the sales leaders and sales reps as well I think that's uh, that's a really important uh, important point um I, I could go on and on with you, as you as you well know. Um, we've had many discussions uh, over the years about these things, Kieran. Um, but if anybody did want to pick up with you today or after listening to today's session, um, how would they go about doing that? Uh, the best way is probably LinkedIn. I think my LinkedIn yeah. is still Kieran Smith VP from my old life. Um, okay. But yeah, um, or uh, I don't know when this is going to be released but i'll be at the sales enablement summit if you want to say hi in person i know that still feels weird for lots of people because we only know each other virtually um, yeah other, other than that yeah probably linkedin is the best place yeah um, brilliant i see you around there often and if, if you want to, anyone wants to tag me i'll tag you back in uh, and towards kieran so i can only thank you so much for sharing your thoughts uh, today kieran i've i've loved uh, listening i've I've learned a lot. Sometimes I feel like I'm in this space and I live it and breathe it every single day. 
uh, I love the fact that I still learn and I learn all the time and I love learning from our guests and I have learned so much from you Kieran thank you so so much um, to everybody who's listening thank you very much for listening you have been listening to another episode of my biggest sales enablement mistake podcast thank you and goodbye do you want visibility of the skills gaps in your team that are impacting revenue Efra Enable Zero is the answer, with no new platform for your reps to adopt and at a price point to suit all budgets. Go from zero to enablement hero with Efra Enable Zero.